What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Laura Gilstrap on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her story. Uh, Laura, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Great. Thank you. I am in a weird way honored to be on your program. It's a happy and a sad moment because I, I get to connect with others like me and resonate and hopefully give some hope to them. But on the flip side, there was a terrible experience that we went through. And I just want to let everybody know real quick, I'm actually at an airport heading up to do my frozen embryo transfer in Syracuse, New York at CNY Fertility. So you might hear some background noise, like talking about gate closures. <laughs> so um, I'm going to do my best to get through that. Um, you know, my, my, I'm 38 years old and my story started when I was 31. So pretty much my entire 30s. I've been dealing with fertility issues and now secondary fertility issues. My husband and I got married um, in 2013. And a couple months prior to that, I had gotten off my birth control. You know, you do everything in your power to not get pregnant. And then when you want to get pregnant, you can't. So I got off my birth control. And the month after we got married, I lost my period. It was gone. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome when I went into the doctor's office. And from there, my journey was just awful. Um, So for four years, it was treatments and oral meds and injections and uterine surgeries. Um, We did two rounds of IVF. The first one, because I have PCOS, I have a ton of eggs, but of poor quality and the first round of IVF resulted in a ton of eggs, but zero made it to M babies. So that was probably the biggest blow to us. We um, brushed our brushed our knees off. We got up. I did it again, and we ended up doing uh, or getting three embryos, PGS normal embryos. The first one we transferred in 2015 didn't work. And so we took a little bit of a break mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, and um, transferred our second embryo. And that embryo actually resulted in a a beautiful baby in 2017. Um, I have a daughter named Logan. And I think for all the the pain and suffering that I went through to get pregnant, um, the universe gave me the best pregnancy ever. No nausea, no nothing. I was so cute and happy and vibrant and and now my daughter is very healthy. Um, but we had that one last embryo and that it was PGS tested. However, it came back as a no call. So the doctors don't like to get rid of them. Um, but a no call means either we didn't get enough DNA to test or we just, it just didn't work out for the PGS testing. So we kept it and we were going to do it last. And, and so we put it in not knowing if it was viable or not. And it took. Um, and this was in April of last year of 2019 and it, and it took, and we were, we we're so excited because we had this 
amazing experience with Logan. Why wouldn't it work, right? So six, six weeks in, uh, we had our first ultrasound at our reproductive endocrinologist. And I just felt, felt like it was different. And I felt like something was off. I wasn't lethargic. I wasn't feeling like there was life growing in me. Um, and so at our first six-week appointment, the ultrasound tech kept going, hold your breath, hold your breath, and like searching and searching and searching. And my anxiety was just through the roof. I thought it was my heart rate that was um, throwing off her, her test. And she's like, just keep holding your breath, keep holding your breath. And after like 20 minutes, she's, you know, all the women that have gone through miscarriages that have doctors following them all know that when they say, uh, hold on, let me go get the doctor, you know, it's just not good. So my heart sank. She went and got the doctor. The doctor came in and said, you know, we want the heartbeat to be over 100, ideally over 110, and your baby's heart rate is at 88. And she's like, and she's measuring really, or it is measuring really small, five weeks, something, four and a half, when it should have been six. So she's like, you have to keep taking these shots because maybe next week it'll catch up. So we're like, all right. So, you know, for IVF, you have to do progesterone oil shots to the, to the glutes every night. So these giant, terrible intermuscular shots. So every night for the next week, my husband and I just kept doing our shots, kept praying, and I would add an extra little ML just to make sure everything was going to stick. And then the next week we went back and the ultrasound tech did the same thing. She's like, hold your breath, hold your breath. She's trying to find a heart rate. And I just knew, just knew immediately that it wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be. And so the doctor came in and she said, the heart rate's at 66. And she's like, it's declining. And she's like, I can't tell you, you're going to lose a baby, but studies have shown that blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we're losing the baby. And she's, she's like, yeah, essentially. She said, um, we can't intervene. I'm sorry. Because that's essentially abortion. And I'm like, I'm in a fertility clinic for goodness sakes. So she's like, you have to come back next week. I'm like, oh, okay. Knowing that this wasn't going to work and that I had a little baby inside of me dying was just awful so like you know miscarrying is one thing when it's just like all of a sudden you wake up and you know you're losing the baby but like knowing that you're carrying around a dying baby every week was just so awful so she's like you have to continue the shots so not only did I have this emotional burden that was happening I had this physical burden that was happening and my husband and I every night just cried and shot and cried and shot and sorry <laughs> so I'm crying at the airport. <laughs> Anyways, so the next week we had to go back in and the heart rate, heartbeat was somewhere in the 50s. And she's like, you have to keep doing the shots and we have to keep monitoring. And I'm like, I don't want to do these shots. Like it's inevitable. Like we're going to lose the baby. So she's like, all right, well, you got to come back in <laughs> anyways, because we can't we can't intervene with a DNC or any medications until we know that the heartbeat has stopped. So for close to a month, I had to like physically watch my baby pass away in my womb. 
and that was just like horrendous. Um, so somewhere between the eighth and the ninth week, the heartbeat eventually stopped and uh, we moved forward with a DNC because we just wanted to make sure, you know, I'm all about doing it naturally, but I was just so emotionally spent. I just wanted it over with. I didn't care what it was going to cost, how much pain I was going to be in. Um, so we eventually had the DNC on May 28th of 2019. And, uh, you know, it was, it was in a weird, sick way, a relief that like this whole terrible event was over, but it was still a loss of a child. So, you know, you're still mourning at the same time and you have the anger and the sadness and all these like phases of grief, but you know, we eventually moved on and I do believe that, you know, the baby wasn't going to be viable and and just was what the universe was meant to do. And, and that's fine. You know, as I sit here today talking about it, I was, I'm okay with it. Um, and it's it sort of, I was talking about it last night with somebody and doesn't really feel like it even happened anymore. I mean, maybe because we transitioned into trying again, but you know, in hindsight, secondary infertility is just as bad as primary infertility. You're like, my body did it once. Like everybody says, that it's easier to get pregnant the second time. Well, no, I'll tell you it's not. It's um, it's harder and it's, I don't know, if not as frustrating, but I do have my my daughter, which definitely helped to take the, the focus off of what was happening. But, you know, we just, we wanna give her a sibling so bad. And I have three, two siblings and I had a great experience, a great childhood, and, and that's what we want for her. Um, my husband dealt with it his way and I dealt with it my way and so now we're here just trying to do it again and you know if we we get pregnant and we lose again then you know so be it but at least we can say that we tried um, I mean we're doing everything that we can and my husband always says trust the process trust the process and so that's what we're here doing today and just mourning you know the loss of that little baby and um, trying to, trying to do it again. So, I mean, that's my story in a nutshell. How, how was it like for me? So like I miscarried, like I noticed by bleeding, you know what I mean? So like yeah. I had already lost the baby by the time that I really knew that I had lost the baby. How was it like, were you able to connect or even try to connect to the baby knowing for that long that it was kind of like a declining process? Like, how was that? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I, tr I tried to connect at first. I remember like leaning over my daughter sleeping in her crib and I was like, okay, Logan, like let's breathe life into this little baby in my stomach. I was like trying to get the energy from her into my belly and like trying to connect with it. But then after, after the second or third week, I was just like, okay, like you need to, you need to go to heaven and you'll be better there. Yeah. Oh, that's so difficult. I'm so sorry that you're crying at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like, hiding, I'm like hiding in a corner. They tell, they tell you to like stay near your stuff and I'm like nowhere near my stuff. <laughs> 
it's uh, okay. I guess it's still fresh. I haven't really cried in a long yeah. time. But. Well, it's different telling your story from beginning to end, for sure. Or not yeah. beginning to, like, where you're at right now. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, normally you just kind of tell it in pieces. But um, it's, it's just different doing the full version of it but I just think that it's so cool that you guys are still moving forward you're like legit in the process as <laughs> we are talking and that shows so much bravery and I just appreciate you still jumping on and sharing your story I always ask at the end of every episode if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation what would it be um I always tell my friends or family or people that I connect with on this level to just don't stop trying until it's really, really over. Um, like from an age standpoint, maybe, but you know, miracles do happen and, and grieve, grieve that, um, grieve what has happened to you because it's a pretty emotional experience and don't let anybody take that away from you and, you know, be present when you are pregnant and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because weirdly, people will try to take it away from you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stay on social to... media. <laughs> yeah, it was actually um, pretty, pretty devastating because my my sister-in-law gave birth the same week that I was oh, losing goodness. my child, and this was um, their fourth child in six years. The six years that I, uh, we had been battling. So I just you know, I shut down and I just got off, I got off social media and just was present with my husband and what was happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you and connect with you, where could they do so? So I am, I'm on a couple different social media platforms. I also have a website um, where I share my story. And ironically enough, during this whole process, I'm a dietitian and I, created a small little business to help women nutritionally who are going through IVF or natural conception or whatever your goals are. So my website is lgnutritionconsulting.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook pretty regularly. And it's just LG Nutrition. Or you can look me up by my name, Laura Gilstrap RD. Um, But I don't tweet or do any of those. It's too much. This TikTok thing, people are like, get on TikTok. And I'm like, what is this? how many more platforms can we post videos on people come on I know I I can't figure Twitter out <laughs> that's where people I'm get trying. their news I just I can't do it I can't do it too much I'm too old for this yeah <laughs> yeah well so. I wish you the best of luck and hopefully we'll be doing an update episode with you and you'll have to keep me posted I will I definitely will I'm definitely my journey is online my you can follow me. I mean, I'm giving updates oh, on, I'm going to, I'm actually going to try to video the transfer. I'm going to see what they let me do, oh my but God, yes. I want, I want people to see what it's like in there getting pregnant with like six other people in the room. That's not my, <laughs> my, my, my husband's not even coming. Like his part's over. I'm going to be there with my mom. Oh my God. I love that. I love <laughs> so funny. I hope that they allow you to do that. I do too. I really do too. People need to know what we go through. We're a we're a tight knit community, and we're we're so we're so strong. This fertility yes. world, we're so strong. 
No, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to link your website and your Instagram in the description of this episode. Again, thank you so much. Good luck. I can't wait to follow along and um, I hope to see that video. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for doing this for all the women out there who have gone through this. This is an amazing platform that you've created. Uh, Well, thank you so much. And I couldn't do it without you women who are sharing. (laughs) So I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Thank you.